Hello, my name is Dr. Barbara Sturm. Welcome to the Dr. Barbara Sturm podcast. The first four episodes of this new show are all about the menopause. Joining me to talk to some of the world's experts is Mariella Fostrup, author of Cracking the Menopause and one of the first journalists to speak out about menopause in 2018 when she made a TV documentary about her own experiences. Hello! It sounds really good. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. The podcast series is designed to be a one-stop primer on menopause. In this series, we have already looked at the basics of menopause with Dr. Sharon Malone and talked about all things HRT with Dr. Paula Briggs. And in the next episode, we will be talking about the effect menopause can have on relationships. But this third episode is about menopause and the workplace. I didn't tell my workplace and to this day they still don't know. I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd worry that it would affect the way I was perceived at work, how other people thought of me and maybe even my job. In a moment we will hear from Miss Menopause, Sharon MacArthur, who is an expert on the workplace and menopause. It should just be part of everyday language, part of everyday life, and no one should bat an eyelid. But I also spoke to Michelle Kennedy, who set up the social network Peanut, who told me why the issue is such a big one for her members. You know, for many women, menopause comes at a time that they're at the peak of their career, or they're certainly on that ascension. And it, you're flawed by it, because all of a sudden, your memory isn't exactly the same as it was. You're not as sharp as you, you once were. You start to have self-doubt creeping in, because you're not entirely sure why that's happening. But now you're starting to question, is this right for me? Can I do it? Am I capable of it? Rather than being equipped to say, do you know what, this is something that's happening to me. It will pass. But in the meantime, here are some things that I want to have a conversation with my team. So there's a lot of conversation and chatter around, how do you have those conversations? Have you had them. People are telling me to have them, but I don't know about that because I think I'm actually going to get a black mark against my name. Have you actually done it? What happened to you when you did it? It's also a fact that the suicide rates amongst women of this age really are increasing. And that is because there are these moments of isolation and loneliness when you're trying to hold a facade at work, you're trying to hold it together at home and, and with your family and friends. You might not be able to talk to your girlfriends about it. They might not be experiencing the same thing as you. And there's a lot of stigma around this being associated with age. It's not, by the way. It's biology, right? And it is an absolute biological certainty. If you menstruate, you will go through menopause. And yet the way it has been framed to us for so long is about associating it with age, middle age, and, and all of this negativity. That actually creates a lot of fear. And we see the women and the conversations, they're either ranging from laughter and kind of, you know, can't believe this has happened and long-suffering partner to fear. I don't understand what's happening to me. I'm scared to talk about it in the workplace. I'm scared to mention it because people are telling me to and I'm reading that people are doing it, but are they really doing it? Have you had any good news stories from women at work? We see conversations of women who have made that step. They have made that step to have the conversation. They've spoken to HR or they've spoken to their line manager or they've actually told their team. The instance that I'm thinking of is a woman saying, you know, I sat down and I told my team um, and um, as soon as she used the word menopause, the guys in her team couldn't make eye contact. They couldn't look her in the eye and she's, you know, a bit like, I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> and so... We are trying, women are trying. I think that for her, she actually described it as, you know, it's like cathartic, it was like a release. And if he can't cope with it, then it's his problem, not mine. Uh, we see a lot of that and I, I, I love to see it, but we need to see more, right? And what we actually need 
are more positive stories from women in the wider workplace so that everyone starts to get the confidence and the courage because the policy on its own won't move things. It's only when we hear from our peers, actually, I had that conversation, this is what happened, that we'll all start to do it. Um, So we've still got a long way to go, I think. Michelle Kennedy from Peanut. Sharon MacArthur set up Miss Menopause four years ago. She has worked with organizations all over the world talking to them about menopause. She says, My mission is to educate everyone in the workplace because ignorance can no longer be an excuse. She spoke to us from her home in Tyne and Weir in the northeast of England and started by telling us about her own experience of menopause. Oh my goodness, well, let, where, where, where do I start? Well, my menopause began when I was 47, nearly 48, um, and I literally had no idea that was what was happening to my mind and my body was this menopause thing. Now, I, I, I chose at a very young age, I decided about the age of 14, I wasn't cut out to be a parent. So I guess in my utter ignorance, because I hadn't shaken up my hormones through pregnancy, I had this somehow wayward belief that whatever the menopause was, it wasn't going to happen to me at all. Um, and I can only tell you that it began with what I can only describe as night terrors. Um, and I never had night terrors before, and I couldn't understand and reconcile why on earth I was feeling like that. And then the next thing that started to happen to me, I started to get, they'd be classically described as night sweats, but I'm not what I'm going to describe as a sweaty girl. I just don't perspire. Um, And all the while, let me tell you, I was still having regular periods um, and that's not uncommon. So how on earth was I supposed to know that what was happening to me here was related to menopause? I just didn't have a a clue. Um, And I'd been a senior leader in a FTSE 100 company previous to this. And I thought I was pretty smart. I thought I was streetwise. And I thought I knew a lot of things about a lot of things. So how, you know, and, and I had no idea that this could be menopause. And then the final straw came, my most untenable symptom was my inability to remain asleep. Always two o'clock in the morning, wide awake. And it got so bad, I say the menopause could have killed me because I fell asleep at the wheel when I was driving at speed. Now, thankfully, I didn't swerve or crash the car, but you might have nodded yourself awake. You know, I used to do it sometimes on the school bus. And I became so terrified that if this truly was menopause, that it was going to kill me, that I had to do something about it because... If I didn't know this stuff, um, and I was asking, you know, friends, family, former colleagues, you know, what about the menopause? And I seem to be one of the first people in my peer group to be going through this stuff. Um, Nobody knew about it. Nobody was talking about it. So I was kind of upset, angry, outraged, which compelled me to set up this menopause over four years ago now. So I I guess I'm one of the first people to set up a service going into organisations, educating everybody about menopause and the effect it can have on your employees. Do you know, it's so interesting, your story, because literally every single part of it chimes with my own experience. Really? And, you know, that, that, that feeling of, of having navigated your life up to that point, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that you're an intelligent, you know, woman of the world, a feminist <laughs> and all of those things. How we reach that point in, 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 our, in our fertility cycle with absolutely no information whatsoever still beggars belief I mean do you have any understanding of of why this should be just this absolute black hole of information for women it's been hiding in plain sight for, for all eternity really hasn't it if we're honest it's been there but nobody's really talked about it and when I reflect back to think what did I learn about menopause when I was growing up well 
intellectually I'd heard of this word and I knew it meant end of fertility, but I, I didn't really know what that meant. And then people talk about hot flushes as if they're nothing. And let me tell you, if you're having one, they are not nothing at all. And then the only other thing I can think about growing up was from my grandmother. who used to always whisper that all of her friends were going through something called the change. And I was genuinely, you know, I was genuinely worried I'd meet them on a dark night because I didn't know what they were changing <laughs> into. Do you know what I mean? Because nobody explained. So I would say that, you know, in recent history, women have either worked part time or not at all. They were carers. They were looking after their families. And also, we didn't live that long. Let's be honest, if you were to go back, you know, 122 years in the 1900s, in the UK, the average life expectancy for men and women was 47 for men and 50 for women. And then, you know, you could talk about the world has been historically dominated, hasn't it, by white men. You know, were women given the opportunity to even be part of the workplace until fairly recently? So if I reflect back to my mother and my grandmother they didn't work at all or they worked part time. So were they able to have camaraderie with you know, peers? No, they were often isolated, doing their own stuff. You know, and if you'd asked my grandmother in her generation, she would have said, oh, she was bad with her nerves. And so nobody was really talking about this stuff. And I think we've had this, you know, I can only speak for the UK because, you know, that's where I spend most of my time. Probably this bit of this stiff upper lip approach. So if I ask most women now, But most women say, I'm just getting on with it. They have a belief that it's to be endured. It's just something that you must get on with. And I don't know why that is. So what do you think are the biggest challenges for women in the workplace when they're going through menopause? Lack of information, I would say, Mariella. We're not told this stuff. You know, I've already alluded to it. So we don't know what we don't know. Most of the women that I meet would say that they didn't have a clue that what was happening to their minds and their bodies was menopause related. The most common thing they've heard of is hot flushes. So if you're not having hot flushes and they're gripped by anxiety, they're not associating that with this life event known as menopause. And this, we know at a time of our life, certainly in perimenopause, is a time when your hormones are on a roller coaster and you don't know from hour to hour or day to day what might happen to your mind and body. So genuinely women are waking up one day feeling a bit meh you know, I can't remember my own name today. I put my keys in the kettle. I feel anxious. I'm not sleeping. And most women I find in the early stages of menopause don't feel bad enough because most people are good people, aren't they? They want to go into work. They want to do what they have to do. And they're rocking up for work, hoping that nobody notices that they're not feeling 100%. So at the very, very least, they're hiding away in corners and almost reversing away from opportunities But at the very, very worst case scenario, what I say is women are putting two and two together and coming up with 46. And I would say, and this is an empirical research that I've done, but again, I've met thousands and thousands of women over the years. And I would say anybody who's been in their position for 12 months or more is usually past something like a probationary period. They're into a float and a stride of work and they've got a direct comparison with their capabilities. Then they're coming into work and who hasn't heard, whether it's a colleague, a friend or a family member, say things like, I've lost my confidence. I can't do that anymore because they've got this direct comparison. And very, very quickly, usually within less than six months, the women that I've met have decided they're no longer capable anymore and they've decided to leave. They have gone. They're out there. And who can ill afford to lose all of that talent when we know that women 50 plus are the fastest growing demographic, certainly in the UK, And I've got a statistic here. I've just was reading a study, which I wanted to share. It said in a recent study, women aged 45 to 55 apparently make up 11% of the workforce in industrialized countries with a global menopause productivity loss of 110 billion a year. 
It's so interesting what you're saying because you know when you're younger and you get into menopause, you first of all you deny it as you said you don't want to know about it, and then I think the most common symptom everybody knows is hot flashes, but most people don't know about insomnia, most people don't know about anxiety, loss of words, etc. So now they come into the workplace totally tired, totally exhausted, and you know not being able to perform, and I think that is really the problem and there's where we probably have to age to talk to HR you know to prepare women and have regular conversations and so on and I have um, quite some people in my company working and I think this needs to be added and I will do so in my company but I think it's a big HR problem and it should be addressed to everybody who works in a job well what i find really interesting about what you've said barbara is is at the moment hr still tends to be a pretty female dominated area of employment so it's really really important that those individuals in hr get up to speed with this stuff because i always say coming to a body near you whether you like it or not (laughs) um so it would be fantastic wouldn't it if more hr professionals understood the impact of menopause and were able to role model this in their own organizations and interesting the statistics too it's my i mean like it has like a um economical oh um, absolutely problem for 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 the for the industry for the people who employ women in this age group. What about the protection for women in the workplace uh, when it comes to menopause? Because, of course, we've had to fight really, really hard over a very long time to have protection during pregnancy, to make sure that women don't lose their jobs. Should be the same like pregnancy, sure. not should be Exactly, the same. and I think at the moment there is no real protection. I mean, I've yet to meet a woman, I don't know about you or Barbara, um, but I've yet to meet a woman who's ever phoned up work and said, I can't come in today, I'm menopausal. Well, I think the interesting thing is as well, if you ask most companies, so a lot of them will have a way of recording things like absence and sickness. And it was really interesting when I set out on my journey over four years ago, I remember having a conversation with her. She was the CEO of the company, actually. And her response to me was, well, we don't have any problems with menopause in our workplace. And I was like, oh, really? That's really an interesting thing for you to say. She went, nobody has ever come and told me that menopause is a problem through sickness, through absence, through anything. And I said, well, I imagine that there's no actual way of recording it because no one's even considered that menopause is a thing. And she was like, no, no, that won't, that won't happen here. I can guarantee and assure you that we will record menopause if it was needed. And I have to say, I'm not often wrong, but I was right again. It wasn't even part of a way of recording this stuff. And then women don't, don't often either A, know that it's happening to them or they may be worried that they might be judged. And to your point, Mariela, there's not the same stuff going on in terms of protection for women in terms of pregnancy and if you think about it more women will go through menopause than will ever be mothers yes if you look at it in those terms yeah but we but we do have things like you know in the uk the equality act 2010 so under the umbrella headings of age disability and sex then you could say that those umbrella headings are there um, to help protect women. And you do have an element in the um, Health and Safety at Work Act 1974, which is there to keep people safe and risk-free. But again, I think as much as anything, it's a cultural thing. I think if organisations really, even those hard-nosed organisations who are all about money, 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 bottom line, they need to understand this is about profits. This is about making more money. There's been a, t- a lot of research done over the years where organizations who have more gender parity are more profitable 
If we don't understand the impact of menopause on women and their colleagues and their family and their friends, over time we'll become less diverse because those individuals will get to a certain point, think they're no longer capable, and they'll walk out the door. And that's what's happening now because of utter ignorance on everyone's behalf. But for example, if you you know have anxiety and all those problems going through menopause and losing words and it affects your work as well. Yeah. So colleagues may be annoyed because the colleague makes all the mistakes and you know they don't know why it is and then they don't want to give them any more valuable work or whatever it is. What can you do as an employee to, to help or as a colleague to help? If you are an employee in your organization, for example, you work in HR or you're a woman who's got more authority in your organization, then what about role modeling that? That would be a great starting point. And I think it's really interesting that a lot of women don't want to talk about this. Again, there was a study done. I was reading an international study from Circle and there were 700 women in Australia, USA and uh, the UK. And they said that 46% of them had lost their confidence and were hiding that from their employer. But I would say if we had to start somewhere, it would be educate, educate, educate. And that's because some of the most profound feedback I've had over the years has been from men. Now, men often turn up to my sessions, often unwillingly, but without question, any of those who've chosen to give me feedback have said, oh my goodness, Sharon, this is the most amazing course that I've done because I just literally had no idea. I had no idea that these things happen. When you let them into our world by educating them, then they're really quite astonished about the things that we have to deal with, the things that happen. So I think it's about sharing your own story with You know, it could be HR, it could be your line manager. It could be thinking and talking about what small, reasonable adjustments could help you personally in the workplace. So reasonable adjustments could be things like, you know, an, a window that opens in your office. It could be access to drinking water. The, I always say it's low cost, no cost. My philosophy is from an organizational point of view, it's about can you, can, or can we all actually start to see the world through what I'm calling a menopause lens? But you can only do that when you've been educated to a point where you start to understand and have a level of empathy with what it might be like to either, you know, live through menopause or be around those who are going through menopause. The two saddest things women say to me on a daily basis in the workplace is this. I thought I had early onset Alzheimer's nearly every day nearly every day. And the other outrageous thing is, I felt so alone. I felt so alone. I'm like, you're in the least exclusive club on the planet. So why, oh why, do women believe that they're the only ones this is happening to? I'm outraged. That's why I do what I do. This can't be happening. But Sharon, do you think, I mean, you know, expecting workplaces to be understanding convivial places for sure. women when doctors oh. don't understand <laughs> what's going on mm. with women. I mean, in lots of workplaces, if you're off for a few days, you need to have a sick note. But if your doctor doesn't even understand your menopausal symptoms, how, you know, how much does that oh. impact on, on, on what's happening? Well, well, don't get me started about that. So, you know, I've... Go on, get started. <laughs> Well, oh, we want to hear you. All, okay, then. Well, I've, I think the shocking thing, certainly in the UK, from the NHS point of view, you could probably count the number of NHS specialist menopause clinics on on you know less than one hand almost. So where I am, in the northeast of England, you have to be referred to these clinics. And I've recently found out that the person who runs this clinic is about to retire. 
And there's, there seems to be no concrete evidence that the funding will continue for that. And that is, you know, how can that be happening? How can that be happening? It, it really is extraordinary, isn't it, that uh, we've reached this point. How much do you think it's to do with the the sort of historic mythology that we still haven't managed to distance ourselves from? Well, I, I, I talk quite often kind of going slightly off track. So just an example. Now, I'm really angry with myself, and that's because I haven't had a period for over four years now because I'm, I'm now on HRT and it's saved my life. But why, oh, why, for example, did I used to take tampons in the workplace and hide them up my sleeve or take a huge bag to the bathroom? Without periods, the human race wouldn't exist. Do you know why do we operate in this shameful way and we're scuttling about hiding things away and it's like we should be able to say shouldn't we hand foot vagina penis in a sense without going oh and having an attack of the vapors you know why is this still it's happening a- why are we not behave like adults it's so funny you saying that because i went into a friend's house the other day who's 10 years younger than me and she had like a box of of tampax on her shelf mm-hmm. and i came out of the bathroom and i went that's just showing off <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but why not no, absolutely. I mean, but but it's that idea that one part of our fertility cycle is, uh, you know, at least now embraced. Yeah. I think certainly my daughter's generation, they just talk about it all the time in front of everybody, in front of, you know, boys of the same age, in front of, you know, this, oh, I'm, on, I'm on my period, you know. And you just think, wow, that's so liberating to hear them talk like that. And you want a world where women of our age can talk about menopause in the same way. And, and that's my mission. I, I will say things like that. And, you know, some organisations are like, oh, she said the V word. It's like, oh, my goodness. It's like, do you know what I mean? We've all got bodies. We've all got body parts and they do us really well. So in, in the future, and I'm clearly not a very good commercial operator because I often say to clients, look, really, my service shouldn't be needed. My service shouldn't be needed because... Exactly what you say, Mariella, we should be taught this stuff as young people in in schools. It should just be part of everyday language, part of everyday life. And no one should bat an eyelid when it comes to, to talking about things like menopause, periods, whatever it might be. Menopause, sadly, I say this all of the time, menopause, sadly, will not just impact you in the workplace. If you're going through menopausal symptoms, they will be with you 24-7. So your employer could be doing the most brilliant things in the workplace, you know, offering you reasonable adjustments, whatever they might be. But as soon as you leave the workplace, whether that's, you know, time off for holidays, weekends, whatever that might be, your menopause will be with you. So it's really, really important that, yes, we have a duty of care as employers to do stuff. Absolutely, that's entirely true. But I always say, surely, we as individuals should have the biggest duty of care that we would want to care for our own health and well-being more than anybody else. And at the very, very least, it has to be an equal act of partnership between us and our employers. Do you think there's particular jobs that are particularly badly impacted, uh, you know, in terms of women trying to do them while menopausal? People who work um, in retail, for example, they can't work remotely. They have to be on, say, the shop floor. Same with people in manufacturing. I was doing some work where the women that I met all worked on what would be classed as, I guess, factory lines. And that's like an automated process which doesn't stop. How on earth are they meant to manage their menopause if they're they often have timed breaks or they're told when they can go to the bathrooms and stuff like that. So absolutely all of those professions. So we've got to get away from this idea that 
those who maybe have more of a privilege where they can work from home or they can take time off in that way. There are many, many, many professions where that's not possible. Again, if you're a nurse, if you're somebody who's um, in the caring profession, caring for older people, how can they stop what they're doing? Because they have routines, they're time bound to be places, to, to get places. So absolutely, everyone in their individual workplace will have their own unique culture. So there isn't one size fits all. So if I'm, a, you know, if I'm a senior leader in my business and I've got people on the shop floor, I probably don't have any concept of what that's really like. So best practice would be utilise all that diversity, all that information that comes from all of those individuals working in different areas and departments and get them to share their experiences. Then you can really start to make a difference and tailor make it to what your people need in either each area of your business or in your businesses at all. Barbara, you're an employer. How do you, um, you know, deal with it in terms of the women working for you? It's such a good question. I'm learning while we are speaking because there's no really setup in place and, you know, nobody ever talks about it. And as I said, one of my really good friends went through menopause while she was working with me. And, you know, we were making fun because she was having all these hot flashes, you know, and she was also cool about it and very funny. And unfortunately, she had breast cancer and couldn't. Uh, ever take HRT so she was losing you know her memory and was making all these mistakes and there was not very much acceptance from from her colleagues so there was you know in retrospect quite sad and you know if you have like older you know women like us uh, I don't want to be old no I had no idea (laughs) I mean like that is also a thing you know I always refer myself to being super young but now if you think about it you know I have so many more younger people working for me and and it's not like that I have so many people in older ages but um, I think you know even with the younger generation there should be an um, education and I will certainly put this in place now I certainly will go to all my people who are a little older and talk to them I will do it and it should be in every company absolutely yes you get all the support when you're pregnant and when you're a young mother. I think there should be a legislation for women in menopause. Uh, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, a little bit controversial because the a policy is only as good as the human that administers it, is the first thing to say, having worked in big business. So absolutely, best practice could be seen in your organisation as writing a policy. But just be aware that you may end up painting yourself into a corner with a cupboard full of policies Because my opinion is you can't actually legislate for everything. Because if we have a menopause policy, what's to stop me coming and knocking on your door in six months time and saying, uh, hey, Barbara, where's the diabetes at work policy? Where's the cancer at work policy? So I'm not saying, in my opinion, menopause is not more or less important than every other people initiative out there. What's different about menopause is the scale. It will, in my opinion, impact everybody, whether that's directly or indirectly. So I much prefer to say to organisations, what about also looking back through what you currently have, but through now a menopause lens, now you've understood this subject better to start to see what you can see now that you'd never considered. So if we are going to educate everybody um, and learn this together, then then maybe writing lots and lots of policies and documents. Yes, it's something that can be done. And what I'm saying is, As women, we don't want to need a pity party. What we need is you to understand, to help and enable us to work through this stuff and for women to be educated enough to know that they have lots of choices, HRT, 
herbal options, you know, holistic, yoga, whatever that might be, I would say it's your body, your choice, but doing nothing shouldn't be one of them. So if we educate everybody, not just, you know, management, but everybody, then we'll have a much, you know, better culture. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, taking on board what you're saying about, um, you know, um, uh, not more regulation in the workplace and, and everything. But I think that there are a lot of women who are very worried about losing their jobs because they're deemed to not be capable of doing them when they're going through the worst symptoms of Absolutely. menopause, the brain fog. You know, maybe yeah. they have to deliver speeches and they have uh, hot flushes in the middle of the speech and they can't think straight and they go bright red. And So I think there's a lot of women who are worried about losing their jobs. And of course, you know, there, there is the statistic that one in 10 women will leave the workplace because of menopause. So how do we change the situation? Uh, you know, f- forgetting further regulation, uh, you know, how do we address that? I, I think do, do stuff like this, Mariella, it's got to be where people who can role model, who have a voice, talk about this stuff. It's about individual women themselves. I always send people who work with me, I call it my secret mission. And my secret mission is to share Whatever you've learned today, however big or small, with at least one other human. Now, hopefully a colleague, but maybe a friend, a family member. We've got to break this down and start opening up and having these conversations. So I love what you said about your daughter, who just, you know, talk about periods. Quite rightly so. If all women are going to encounter menopause in that way, surely that's a powerful, powerful club to be in. Rather than think about shame and worry and concern, let's turn that into strength and power And let's just be brave to talk about this stuff because menopause will impact everyone directly or indirectly, whether we like it or not. Sharon, you're so cool and such a force (laughs) in this topic. I love it. You bring so many facts. And this is interesting for men in in positions and leading positions. And they probably want to keep all these women. And if they just know about it, so education, it all comes down to education and know rules and legislation i think we all want the same we want to have like a professional good life and a good outcome economically in the company so i think this educational part we just have to enforce and enforce and you know become bigger and bigger voices and like mariella with her books and with her mission I, i think it's so interesting You are an amazing voice of reason, Sharon (laughs) MacArthur. I am your new disciple. Oh, don't be No, you're amazing. Thank you to Sharon MacArthur. Episode four of the Dr. Barbara Stone podcast is available now and is all about menopause and relationships. It is with the psychotherapist Susie Orbach, who says that menopause is not at all doom and gloom, but a chance to become even more ourselves as women. So some good news to end the series on. But that is the sell of society, is that only young, nubile bodies matter. And that once you've either reproduced or you haven't, but you're coming to the end of reproductive time, that you have nothing of vibrancy or of sexuality or of lustiness to offer which is just absolutely insane the dr barbara stern podcast is a feast collective production in association with finch and partners the producer is katherine carr and the executive producer is kate taylor do come and chat to us about the series on instagram at dr barbara storm and mariella fostrup as you can probably tell we really really want more women to know about the menopause and to have the power that knowledge can bring so if you are enjoying the series please spread the word